Chapter 20 of A Year's Prayer Meeting Talks This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jordan Nash A Year's Prayer Meeting Talks by Louis Albert Banks Chapter 20 how to keep cheerful Romans 14 Romans 15 1 through 13 in the very nature of things an intelligent genuine Christian must be the happiest person in the world discouragement to a Christian must always mean a falling away of faith in some way. For if we really believe that this is God's world, and that all things work together for good to them that love Him, and we are sure we love Him, then we must carry around with us happy faces and hopeful hearts. We have given here by Paul, who was a great expert in hopefulness and happiness, three characteristics of a Christian, righteousness, peace, and joy. Two out of three of them indicate cheerfulness. Peace is the bosom of the ocean, and joy the whitecaps which the breezes of life sweeping over the sea awake. Above everybody else, the Christian has a right to look on the bright side of things. The world should not only look beautiful to us because it is beautiful, but because it is an indication of the kindness and love of our Father. It is a failure of faith and a certain indication of practical infidelity when we give way to some temporary defeat and say with gloomy faces that there is no use trying as everything is against us. On a very slippery day last winter, a young negro was making his way home with a large market basket on his arm, full to the brim with all those hard and ball-like vegetables peculiar to winter. Treading unwaringly on a bit of glare ice, he came down suddenly with a crash that emptied his basket out into the street. Surrounded by garden products, he lay at full length, his head supported on his hand, looking calmly about him. Seeing him still prostrate, a gentleman hurried to him anxiously. Are you hurt? No. Then why don't you get up? Tain't worthwhile. A good many of us, having spilled out our little basket of plans and purposes in the street, are as absurd as was that colored man when we say that it is not worth while to continue the struggle because we have caught a fall and find ourselves momentarily confused. After all, this suggests one of the chief methods of keeping cheerful, and that is not to magnify trifling difficulties. It is a sure way to be always filled with misery to exaggerate in the lens of our own imagination or in our conversation the difficulties which we all have to meet, and the troubles and sorrows with which we have to contend. Let trifles take their place as trifles, 
and we shall often find that we have nothing but trifles in the way, and that compared to the mammoth mercies of God, they are as nothing. Another way to increase our cheerfulness is to keep the disagreeable things, which seem to be our particular cross as much as possible, to ourselves. It is not considered in good taste to take one's medicine in public. Why should we take our providential medicine that way? Dr. Scudder well says that there is no greater mistake, so far as the happiness of the world is concerned, than that which is made by those people who go about with their bitter cups and want everybody they meet to take a sip. Some people seem to take a morbid delight in making themselves and other people miserable. If they have no real troubles to worry about, they manufacture artificial ones, and their mills never shut down. They grind out just about so much misery whether the market is brisk or dull. They are like old rusty pianos that have not been tuned for years. They are so full of discordant elements that no harmony can be evoked from them. Play on any key, and there sounds nothing but a jangle. They whine and sigh, but they never sing. And yet, a Christian, above all others, should be forever singing at the heart. A sure recipe for cheerfulness is to be always on the alert for some pleasant thing that may happen to us. A washerwoman in a miserable tenement house was asked how she kept singing and her disheartening surroundings. Oh, because there is always a breeze in the alley. She might have said it was because she had a singing heart within her. To every such soul, God giveth songs in the night. Kate Sanborn tells of an old lady of her acquaintance, 83 years of age, who is famous among all who know her for her happy cheerfulness. One day, when she was choked by a breadcrumb at the table, she said to the frightened waiter, as soon as she could regain her breath, Never mind if that did go down the wrong way. A great many good things have gone down the right way this winter. This dear old saint is always seeking to keep others from being unhappy. And when she was parting with her son for the winter, she said, Well, John, I want to know before you go just what you have left me in your will. This little joke turned a tear into a smile. One day, when quite ill, she was still so bright and hopeful that a friend exclaimed, Grandma, I do believe you would laugh if you were dying. Well, she said, so many folks go to the Lord with a long face. I guess he will be glad to see me come to him smiling. Having a consciousness of God's presence and of his kindness to us, and consideration for the condition of others, so that our lives run out in fellowship, sunning ourselves into joy and love, not only of the Lord, but of our friends. I am sure we shall find abundant sources of cheerfulness. A namesake of mine, Mr. J. Linnaeus Banks, has written a little poem entitled, What I Live For. 
If we could enter into the spirit of his verse, I am sure it would help us all into the way of cheerfulness. I live for those who love me, whose hearts are kind and true, for the heaven that smiles above me and awaits my spirit too. For all human ties that bind me, for the task by God assigned me, for the bright hopes yet to find me, and the good that I can do. I live to learn their story, who suffered for my sake, to emulate their glory, and follow in their wake. Bards, patriots, martyrs, sages, the heroes of all ages, whose deeds crowd history's pages and time's great volume make. I live to hold communion with all that is divine, to feel there is a union twixt nature's heart and mine, to profit by affliction, root truth from fields of fiction, grow wiser from conviction, Fulfill God's grand design. I live to hail that season By gifted ones foretold, When men shall live by reason, And not alone by gold, When man to man united, And every wrong thing righted, The whole world shall be lighted, As Eden was of old. I live for those who love me, for those who know me true, for the heaven that smiles above me and awaits my coming, too, for the cause that lacks assistance, for the wrong that needs resistance, for the future in the distance and the good that I can do. End of chapter 20